0: God. Well, I wanted to take a moment before we get in the Word and say to Austin and Gabrielle, congratulations. Today's their first day with their new baby. So we have liberty in the house. We literally have liberty in the house. And is she back in the back? That is so awesome. And uh, she is up there, I heard my daughter say, with the cutest infants we have ever seen. And uh, so anyway, but... Uh, uh, we're, we're being fruitful and we're multiplying around here. And uh, you know what's got to make the devil mad? If he knows, he looks and sees, those parents are going to, I'm going to have another Christian to contend with on the earth. And that's exactly the way God wants it. He wants a godly seed. Amen. And so I uh, see Sarah's got Owen there in her lap today. It's just, it's just awesome. And we're so grateful and we want to celebrate your victory. Amen. Let's turn in our Bibles today to Genesis. And um, we're doing good on time. And uh, I, I'm just going to ask that you lock in with me for just a little bit. Because I'm going I'm to need to be in the Scriptures with you a little bit more than maybe I normally would be. I always use plenty of Scriptures. But it's a little bit more in-depth. Okay? and uh, But I just believe it will help you a lot. And... Uh, that's obviously God's aim and my aim. And uh, we have for a number, a couple of weeks now, been in a ministry focus that I've been calling Rich, God's Way. Now, we shouldn't stumble over the word rich or the word wealth. It is in the Bible all over from beginning to end. Amen. God is not ashamed of the word rich, God is not ashamed of the word wealth. And, uh, you know, in one of those divine visitations that Jesus had with uh, a minister named Reverend Kenneth e. Hagan back in the 50s, he said, son, I, I'm, not, I'm not holding out on my children, and I'm not opposed to my children being rich. He said, I am opposed to them being covetous, being greedy and lustful for money. A covetous man is willing to compromise his integrity in the Word of God to go after money and things. And God is completely against that. But he is not against you being blessed. Amen. The word rich simply means to be abundantly supplied. So if you're new to the series, here's the way we agreed in that service to define rich. It's got to be, if the word's going to mean anything, it's got to at the minimum mean a whole lot more than what you need. Right? You wouldn't call anyone rich. That was struggling, I'm just talking from a financial perspective, to get by. Thank God that's not His will. Now listen, no condemnation, no matter where we're at. This is good news I'm preaching to you today. <laughs> Amen. And, but the series is entitled, Rich, God's Way. God has a way. Today I'm shifting gears and I'm going to begin to talk to you about God's way to be abundantly supplied. God's way to get in, for him to have access and for him to have permission to get involved with you financially and materially. Amen? And you're with me. Now, I don't believe anything, that maybe that I need to say it, but I'm going to say it. This has nothing to do with me trying to get money out of you. I already received the offering. I'm not receiving another one today. And if you would judge me like that, like he's after my money, you're wrong. You are wrong. And you don't know me at all. I said, you don't know me at all. Amen? I'm not trying to get money from you this morning. I'm trying to get a revelation to you. Are you open to that? So, praise God. Father, help me today to get this out in a clear and concise way. And God, they're, they're words, but let them not just be mere words, but let them be containers that are filled and flooded with your presence, your light, your glory, your truth, and revelation. Let the eyes of our hearts be enlightened to this wonderful truth in a way that we've never had them enlightened before. And we thank God for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Today I'm going to talk about and teach on the tithe. Seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, yeah. Amen. That's what I'm gonna teach on. And I wanna I wanna ask and answer one question today. Is tithing for us today? Okay. Man, y'all made it easy on me this morning. Is tithing for us today? The large the largest part, the the vast majority of the body of Christ on this planet does not tithe. Like 80%, 80%, 90% of professing Christians do not tithe. So the body of Christ on earth has a commission from Jesus to evangelize the world with the gospel, to feed the hungry, to make disciples, to clothe the naked, to be a force for good on planet earth, and we are doing it with 6 to 10% of the funding we should have. So maybe there's a majority in here, I hope so, that believes and practices in tithing. But when you want to take Christians as a whole, they don't believe in it. They have dismissed it out of hand. And the number one way they justify not tithing is they say tithing is the law. It was of the law. It was of the Old Testament. And I'm a New Testament Christian, and God doesn't care about such things anymore. I'm going to prove that. If you'll pay attention, I'm going to have to get in depth with you just a little bit. But to say, I don't have to tithe today, because that was of the law, and I'm redeemed from the law, is to demonstrate ignorance of the Scripture. And really, people that are looking for a justification to not honor God, I wonder about their heart. I wonder about their integrity. Now, if you're a new Christian, a baby Christian, you don't know. And you don't know, you're, you're kind of off the hook until after this service. But I'm going to hook you. Amen. Amen. And then it'd be up up to you. Amen? So are you ready? Okay, praise God. Let me say this. We have a big problem in the body of Christ today with being dismissive of the Old Testament. You know, we are serving and worshiping the same God. He's the same God. Now, it's unequivocally true that some things have changed. Our access to God has changed. And thank God. There there has been some things that the cross changed. Amen. And the goats all said amen. And And the bulls all said amen. And the doves all said amen. Because they were dying by the millions as temporary blood sacrifices. But a greater blood has been shed and never again must blood be shed for the remission of people's sins but do you know you're not redeemed from the law you're redeemed from the curse of the law but you know the same god that took his finger and wrote on a stone tablet and said thou shalt not lie He has not changed how he feels about lying. The same God that said, you shall honor your father and mother unto death is the same. He's the same God. Same God. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not have any other God before me. That is all still legit. That is in effect. Amen. The New Testament Almost every other verse is a reference or a direct quote from the old. We need both. How how any part of your Bible there you're willing to throw away? No. Not me. Amen. Alright. Now you're are you in Genesis 14? Can you stay there? Well, no, just stay there. I'm gonna help you. On the screen if we could put up Isaiah 51.1. Isaiah 51.1. And you're okay? You got a little time? All right. No Super Bowl today? Amen. All right. So, God, through His prophet Isaiah, says this. Hearken. What's that word mean? Listen, Listen to me, you that follow after righteousness. Anybody doing that? You that seek the Lord, look unto the rock whence you are hewn or cut out from and to the hole of the pit from which you are digged. Verse 2. Look unto Abraham. Did it say look unto Moses? That's not a bad thing, but in this verse, he didn't say that. Look unto Abraham your father and unto Sarah that bear you. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. Y'all following me? Did he say, look at Abraham, look at Sarah, you're cut from the same cloth. That's Old Testament Pastor, he's talking about the Jews. No, no, not, not only. I don't have time. I'd like to not take time to go to Galatians chapter 3. If you read the chapter, we are Abraham's descendants in Christ. In Christ, you and I are the children of Abraham and heirs according to the blessing that God put on his life. This verse is talking to you. This verse is talking to you. It's talking to me. Look Unto Abraham, look unto Sarah, I cut you from that cloth. You were taken out of that stone. For I called him alone and blessed him and increased him. So I wanted to show you that. We are instructed, not just here, but in other places in the look to Abraham. The New Testament calls Abraham the model for our faith. He is the father of our faith. Amen. You remember God made a covenant with him in Genesis chapter 12? And he said, go where I tell you to go. Do what I tell you to do. Trust me. He said, if you'll do that, I will bless you. I will empower you to prosper. Amen. He said, I'll make your name great. Out of you, I'll make a great nation. Right? I'll curse those who curse you. I'll bless those who bless you. And in you and through you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Are you with me? All right, so we're going to look unto Abraham. Amen? Anybody know enough about their Bible to believe that if God treated you like He treated Abraham, you'd be in a sweet place? Anybody want God to treat them like God treated Abraham? Anybody? Okay. Well, you've got to look unto Him. I said, you got to look unto him. Genesis 14, verse 17. Oh, I'm excited about this. Genesis 14, verse 17. Now, Abraham had heard that his nephew Lot, who had broken fellowship with him, broken covenant with him, had moved to Sodom and Gomorrah, was taken, he and Lot and his captives, Abraham hears this, that they were taken captive by some wicked kings, and the whole area in which they lived, I think there were five kings involved here. They, the whole region was engulfed in war. Well, that's dangerous if you're living in, in a war zone. And yet Abraham didn't lose anybody. But when he hears about his nephew and, uh, and all of Lot and all of his uh, you know, stuff being taken captive, he arms his servants. You've got to have a pretty good gun safe to arm 300 men. And he engaged, this is dangerous. He entered into this war, and God gave him the victory. The Bible says that Abraham recovered Lot and his family and all the goods. I mean, all the stuff. Like they took his coffee can. Abraham got the coffee can back, he got it all back. He didn't lose anybody, he didn't die. Lot didn't die. Notice a covenant man is having to rescue a non-covenant man. Bad things happen to people who break covenant with God and who disconnect. Lot was connected to Abraham, his spiritual father, not just his uncle, but he disconnected and bad things happened. Anyway, but Abraham was still a covenant man. He said, I'm going after my kin. And he got him back. Now, so we're picking this up in the aftermath of that. And in verse 17 it says And the king of Sodom went out to meet him Abraham after his return from the slaughter of Shechem uh whatever you pronounce his name and of the ki- don't make fun of me praise God and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva which is the king's dale. Now, here's where you're going to have to start paying attention with me if you're not. And Melchizedek Melchizedek, king of Salem. This is the first mention of him in the Bible. He steps on the scene in this moment. Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. And he was what? He was the priest of the Most High God. Now let me say something to you here. Is this before or after or during the same time of Moses and the law. This is before. If you didn't know, it, I did the study. Abraham's life is separated from Moses' life by six centuries. Six hundred years. Moses is not alive. There is no... Don't be thinking. He's not, this is not Aaron and a priest from Aaron. This is the first mention in the Bible of the word Priest. This has nothing to do with law. It has nothing to do with regulations. It has nothing to do with Ten Commandments. It has nothing to do with Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy was not written. Exodus, not there. Leviticus, not there. Are you with me? This is before the law. And this has to do with Abraham, not Moses. Amen? So Melchizedek, He brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him. Melchizedek blessed Abraham. Are you with me? And said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered thine enemies into thy hand. Who gave Abraham this victory? Who's giving you your victories? Who's helping you? Over a million people in the United States did not survive COVID. You did. Tens and thousands of people were laid off, lost their jobs, lost businesses. You didn't. Amber and I were trying to do I was trying to do a loose count of those who were just shot and killed in the tri-state area lately. You weren't shot. You got shoes on? Got clothes on? I'm assuming you drove here. God is helping you. I said, God is helping you. God is helping. Can anybody say God? God helped this church. Tens of thousands of churches closed, never reopened because of COVID. We're still here. We're thriving. We had, by far, we blew out records financially in 2020, 2021, 2022. We're going to break it again in Jesus' name in 2023. That's God. And God gave Abram this victory. Amen. Amen. Which And so Melchizedek, the priest of the Most High God, said, which has delivered your enemies into your hand, and he, Abraham, gave him tithes of all. Abraham gave the priest of the Most High God tithes. Now, see, he took all that spoil. All the king, all the gold, all the silver, all the horses, all the chariots, all the stuff, the buildings, everything from five kings. He's got. This is talking about a substantial amount of money. And Abraham gave his high priest ten percent of all of it. Now, is anybody not with me so far? Okay. I want to ask you something. How did Abraham know that he should tithe? How did he know to tithe? How did Abraham know that he should tithe? I'll be back. Y'all give me a. How how did he? How did he know? Did he know it because it was a law that he read about in Leviticus? I'll tell you, there's only one possibility where he got this from. Abraham had a covenant and a relationship with God, he got tithing. From God. He got tithing out of his relationship with God. He couldn't have got it anywhere else. I said, He couldn't have got it anywhere else. There's no tabernacle, there's no organized religion, there's no Bible. He had to have gotten it from God. Abraham tithed on all he had not to to pay a bill, not to keep a regulation, not to be religious. He did it to honor God. He did it out of gratitude to God because he knew that God was the source of, of his success. Well, let me ask you something. Is honoring God today right? Will honoring God never, will that someday, will that cease to be a thing? Tithing preceded the law. And because tithing preceded the law, it succeeds the law. It survives the law. And I'm going to prove it to you. Go to Hebrews. Go to Hebrews. Chapter 5. Now, let's not do that. Let's go to Hebrews 7. I never really saw this. But I read a book, I studied, and I got fresh revelation about tithing. I've never preached this before because I never saw it before. Now, I saw this one scripture, but I didn't see how in-depth. You know, people say tithing's not in the New Testament. Three chapters is devoted to it. Hebrews 5, 6, and 7 is one thought. I don't, we're not going to read all of Hebrews 5, 6, and 7, but you should read it. Hebrews 5, 6, and 7 is one thought. Now, Hebrews, as a book of the Bible, is a book of contrasts. And it is contrasting the superiority of Jesus versus, for example, angels. Right? Uh, it, it's, it, Hebrews talks about greater blood versus animal blood. Greater temple, lesser temple. It's a book of contrasts. Well, Hebrews chapter 5 begins primarily talking about Jesus as our high priest. Do we have a high priest? We know we do. Hebrews 3, 1 and 2 tells us that. Hebrews 4, around verse 15, tells us that Jesus is... Maybe it's 14. Hebrews 4.14. Is that right? Hebrews 4.14, that Jesus is the high priest. Since we have a faithful high priest who has passed into the heavens, let us hold fast our profession of faith. Jesus is our high priest. Let me tell you something. I'll prove it to you. Melchizedek is a type of Christ in his current high priestly ministry. Seven times, seven times, in Hebrews five six and seven, it says that Jesus is or that Melchizedek is a priest, right? After the, that Jesus is the priest after the order of Melchizedek. Seven different times I said that. Let me. Uh, it was confusing. Seven times in those three chapters, Jesus is called a priest like unto Melchizedek. Seven times. Amen. So, and, and we'll skip around, but I want, I, want you to show, I want to show you this. So let's see. Let's start reading Hebrews 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. I want you to, as we read these scriptures, what, do the, what does the Bible say Melchizedek did? It's very limited in scope. Very limited. But we see, what did he do? He blessed. Do we have a high priest? And I'm going to show you, our high priest is Jesus. Is his his high priestly ministry going to cease? Never. Is it going to change? Never. And he's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. So is Jesus our high priest? Can he bless? Do you want that? You would think that would help you? Okay. Praise the Lord. (laughs) Amen. Verse 2. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part, as tithe, of all. First being, uh, by interpretation, talking about Melchizedek, what does his name mean? His name means king of righteousness. And after that also king of Salem, which means king of peace. You see, Melchizedek is a type of Christ. Jesus is the king of righteousness. Amen. Jesus is the king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, that means no written genealogy. When you study um, Melchizedek in the Bible, you won't find out who his mama is. You won't find out who his daddy is. There's no lineage given. Why? Because he's a type of Christ and Christ is God and God has no beginning and he has no ending. Are you with me today? It says, Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made, talking about Melchizedek, he was made like unto the Son of God, abides a priest till the Old Testament. Continually in the present tense. Now consider how great this man was unto whom the, even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth. Here we are again talking about the tithe and Melchizedek and Abraham. Consider how great this man was unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily they that are of the sons of Levi, totally different thing, Now here's a reference to the law, but we're we're advancing 600 years plus into the future. Who received the office of the priesthood. Now we're talking about a different priesthood. We're talking about Aaron and the Levitical order. They have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law. That is of their brethren, although they came out of the loins of Abraham. Now notice verse 6. But he whose genealogy, descent, is not counted from them. Meaning he had, Melchizedek has nothing to do with Levi. That's the point. Notice what he did. What did Melchizedek do? He received tithes. Melchizedek is of a shadow of who? Is Jesus receiving tithes then? You can't get more New Testament than Hebrews. Is Jesus receiving tithes? That's what Melchizedek did. So he received tithes of Abraham and blessed him. Amen. Now to save you a little time, you study it. We know this priest, Melchizedek, in the Bible, the Bible record tells us he only did two things. Here's the two things that Melchizedek did. He received tithes, and he blessed the one that gave it. Seven times in three not once, not twice, not three times. This is more than double the biblical mandate to believe a doctrine. In the mouth of two or three witnesses every word will be established. Seven times in three chapters in the New Testament Jesus is told, he is our high priest like Melchizedek. Melchizedek only did two things. What did he do? He received tithes and he blessed. Notice he did not bless, he did not bless until tithes were received. People say, Pastor Chris, do I have to tithe? No. You don't. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to pray. You don't have to walk by faith. You don't have to believe in tithing. But if you don't believe in tithing, you, don't, you're, you, you also don't want blessing. You don't want God's help. You, you can't say, God help me, God help me, I expect you to bless me, and b- not believe in tithing. It's okay not to believe in tithing. You don't have to tithe. And you don't have to have your stuff protected by God. You don't have to have his involvement with you in life. You don't, he doesn't have to get involved with you at that job interview. He doesn't have to protect you when your car flips four times, when you don't have a seatbelt on like I did. You don't have to have any of that. You don't have to have a pastor. You don't have to walk in love. You don't have to have Jesus. You can die and go to hell. It's up to you. It's not about a law. Listen, let me say this. Tithing for Abraham was not a regulation. It was a revelation. Tithing was not a regulation. It was a revelation. Tithing is not a bill you owe. It is honor you show. Are you with me? Hallelujah. So, okay, we read verse 6, right? Verse 7. Without all contradiction, the less is blessed by the better. Now look at verse 8. And here, is that present tense or past tense? Here, men that die receive, is that word receive in the present or past tense? So in the New Testament, in present day, Here men on earth are receiving tithes, but there, meaning heaven, he, our high priest, receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he lives. It's, It's present tense. I just want you to see it. Let's read now this like I said, it's a little more in depth, so I'll try to help you as we read along. Let's just keep reading, verse 9. And as I may so say, Levi, also who receives tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law. What further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is a, of necessity a change of the law. Uh, Rex and Brett, come, come up here. Okay. You are Mel. You are Aaron. Okay? Moses' brother. Okay. Let's se- separate you guys out a little bit. Maurice, you stand here. Rep- Maurice, you represent 600 years of time separating the two men. Okay? When Moses came along, he got him out of Egypt. He went up on Mount Sinai. And had an encounter with God. And God gave the Jews the law. Abraham, Abraham, way back over here, this is Mel. He didn't know anything about that. But he had a high priest that was to him, the priest of the Most High God, and he was tithing and being blessed. He was tithing and receiving blessing. Everyone say tithing and blessing. Tithing and blessing. blessing. Tithing. And blessing. Has nothing, to do with, it has nothing to do with Aaron. Now, God gave the law for a specific purpose and for a specific time. And He wanted a way for the sins of the people to be atoned for. So He took Aaron's brother, Moses' brother Aaron, and He separated him, right? This is where the tribe of Levi comes from. And everyone that would come from Aaron's loins from then on would be dedicated to the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood. And they did all the work in the temple. They received the people's offerings. They took tithes of the people. And uh, they facilitated the blood sacrifices. They, They did all of that. Amen? But because perfection... Salvation, the new birth, could not come from keeping the law, right? It was necessary for a different priesthood to arise after a different kind and order that had nothing to do with this, amen, but would be of a different order. And he called it the the order of... Of Melchizedek. He had no lineage given. We don't know who his mama was, daddy was. Why? Because he's a type of Christ. And Jesus is called our high priest, but Jesus was born of the tribe of Judah, not Levi. There's no priesthood mentioned in association with Judah. Jesus is our high priest of a completely different and higher and eternal order and it has nothing to do with the law. And what do we know about this guy, about this priest? All Mel does is receive tithes and pronounce blessing. See, Jesus, thank you, men. Jesus, as our high priest, he does what every high priest does do. He represents a third party before the throne. Do you want to be represented before God by Jesus the high priest? Well, he's a priest after the order of Melchizedek and Melchizedek only does two things. He receives tithes and pronounces blessings. You if you are not a tither, I'd be changing some stuff right now. I would. Has nothing to do. Do you see how disingenuous it is? Tithing was part of the law, absolutely. But it it goes way. I'm gonna, I heard it in the congregation, but I here I can't prove it, but you can't disprove it. I believe the tithing as a principle goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. As a principle. Even before sin was ever a thing, God said to Adam and Eve, of all the trees of the garden, you may freely eat except this one, it's mine. God always had something that he declared to be his. And as Adam and Eve walked by it, And did not eat of that particular tree because God said, Don't do it, it's mine. They showed honor to Him. They showed obedience to Him. They showed they trusted Him and His Word. That's the tithe principle. The Bible says in Leviticus that the tithe is the Lord's, it is holy unto the Lord. So, do we touch money that is not ours? Yes, we do. We touch it. Every Monday, I get a paycheck. I get increase. But is all that money mine? Is there something, a portion of that, that God said, that is mine? That is mine. It's not yours. It's mine. And it's holy. That's right. He called it a tenth. Amen. Which is 10%. Amen. He said, it's mine. Well, I don't have to do it because that was the law. No, you don't. You don't. But you don't have to be blessed either. You don't. People were all excited a little bit ago about saying they wanted God to treat them like they treated Abraham. But what did Abraham do? I'm going to give Keith more credit here. He he, he said this, he made this statement. He said, the children of Abraham should behave like Abraham. The seed of Abraham should believe like Abraham, obey like Abraham, honor like Abraham, worship like Abraham, tithe like Abraham. Like Abraham. But don't, please don't leave here, friend. You do whatever you want. This is not about me trying to get more money in the church. You leave here and you do whatever you want. You do not have to tithe. And I don't know whether you are or not. Unless you apply for a leadership position here, I don't look. Now, you want to be close to us? You want to have influence in this ministry? I'm not going to hire a God robber on my Staff, God help you if you're a volunteer key leader and you're not tithing. I'm going to sniff you out. That's dishonorable. That's disrespectful. You're holding us back. You know, to know you should tithe and not do it is to vote to shut this church down. It is to take food out of my baby's mouths as your pastor. Bigger than that, it is to hinder and handicap the gospel in the earth. It is to, you want to talk about defund the police. The church has been defunded for a a long time because of the dishonor, the wrong thinking, the lack of faith, the disobedience amongst God's people regarding the tithe. Where's it's tighter, it's right. Right. Would you say that, please? It's tight, but it's right. right. Are you with me? Glory Glory to God. So, let's read verse 11. Hebrews 7, verse 11. If therefore perfection were of the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed. Look, notice this. The priesthood changed. The tithe didn't. Yes, the priesthood changed. But not the tithe. Boy, Pastor Amber gets quieter as I go. Gets quieter as I go. I'm just going to keep going. Verse 13. For he of whom these things are spoken... Pertaining to another tribe of which no man gave attendance to the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah. Of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident. For that after the similitude or the likeness of Melchizedek. There arises another priest. Who is he? His name is Jesus. Who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Verse 17, for he testifies, you are a priest. How long? That See, that settles it, right? How long will the tithe be a thing? I, I expect if, if, if there's a currency, if there's, I don't know how heaven's going to work, but if Jesus is not going to cease being my high priest when I go there. We, we may tithe when we get to heaven. Amen. See, tithing is not a fundraising mechanism preachers invented. It's not. Amen? This This church has been incorporating holding services since 1986. This verse is over 2,000 years old. <laughs> You are a priest forever after the likeness of Melchizedek. You read your Bible. Melchizedek only did two things. He receives tithes and he pronounces blessings. Skip earlier into the chapter. Notice in the last phrase of verse 3 of this chapter, it says, Like unto the Son of God abides a priest continually. Continually. Are you with me in that? Skip back into the sixth chapter. Uh, Speaking of Jesus as our forerunner who went and entered into the veil, verse 20, even Jesus made a high priest for how long? Forever after the order of Melchizedek. I'm... Mm, yeah, I don't want to break my word to you. This might be the last verse we go to. Go to Proverbs 3. Tithing was something Abraham got from God. And out of celebration and recognition and honor for what God had done in his life, he separated 10% and he gave it to His representative before the throne. And do you see that this is ongoing today? Amen. What is tithing about? Tithing is not about you buying blessing and protection right. from God. Notice, God blessed Abraham. Right. And because He gave him this victory, Abraham... Honored God by tithing. Amen. Proverbs three verse nine. What does it say? Honor. Honor the Lord with what? With your substance, with your possessions, with your stuff. This church, as you know, right? Uh, we tithe out of this church. We give ten. Temper- I give out of my Chris Cody Ministries account. Uh, The profit on the daycare. That's a business we started, that I started. I have my wife meticulously calculate the profit, the increase that is generated by that daycare. And we honor God with the tithe. I tithe out of my personal. Amen. Amen. I, I only, uh, the daycare, Chris Cody Ministries, World Harvest Church of Paducah, Chris and Amber Cody, uh, uh, our uh, rental income. We make a little bit of cash flow on that. Every So we tithe Amen. on that. We always have good renters. Y'all are right. <laughs> we've, we've never had unmet, unmet needs and challenges with that rent house. Trees don't fall on it. Hail doesn't take it out. My stuff's blessed. I said, my stuff's blessed. My stuff, all the stuff that I've paid for, amen, has been tithed on. It is, I am living under my high priest saying, be blessed. You couldn't. You couldn't cut my arm off. I'm not going to stop to either. Well, it's tight for me. That you. Do you want God to get it untight? Do you want to be untight? That's the minimum. This is God's. This is this is elementary. This is foundational to God's way of abundance. God's way of blessing and say, well, I just don't feel like God's blessing me. Listen, we're prospering and we don't know it. I already told you, you you're alive. You didn't die from COVID. You, you didn't die from all this other stuff. Think about the lawsuit you don't have. Think about you're not sitting in jail. Think about you're not six feet under because we buried you in an accident. You did not overdose. You did not, you did not get laid off. You got laid off and God opened another door for you. You're still here. Others are not here. They're not here. They're not around. They got destroyed. If you have a business, why aren't you tithing on it? Well, I tithe on my personal income. Why don't you tithe on your business profit? Well, I don't feel like I have to. Well, you don't have to, but do you want God to bless your business? Amen. I'm going to quote one more scripture. Well, listen, he said, honor the Lord with your substance. Now, I don't think, I think next week, if you're nervous about coming back, let me just tell you, I don't know that we're done with this subject. This is a meaty subject. This is an important subject. My friend, Dr. Hattaball, he started out in a rusted out trailer. Amen. Parked out back on the back of a cornfield. Walking, you know, he said he could have made his wife a fur coat out of all the mice he caught. <laughs> Sitting on a three-legged couch. And when he started attending Dr. Jacob's church over 30 years ago, doctors started teaching this. And his tithe would have been $18. He didn't have any food. He didn't have any gas. He didn't have, he didn't know. And he struggled with that. And it didn't matter if Dr. Jacobs left the sub and started teaching on marriage. Every time he came to church, all he heard was tithe. He said, Dad, you'd preach on healing. All I heard was tithe. You'd preach on marriage. All I heard was tithe. And he said, it was the hardest thing I ever did. Hardest thing I ever did. To give God that $18. But he did it. He did it. And he is a blessed man today. Amen. Amen. What I want to quote, and I'm going to let you go, A promise. Amen. Is uh, I want you to see, we'll put it on the screen for you. If you guys have my notes there, it's the New Living Translation of Matthew 23, 23. And I want to leave, leave you with this thought. Jesus said you should tithe. Jesus said you should tithe. Matthew 23, 23 in the New Living Translation. We're going to look at it. But do you remember when Jesus was on the earth, he did understand, didn't he, Brother Jerry, that there was a change coming. And, And he said things to help people know that. Like to the woman at the well, she said, where's the right place to worship? And he said, well, listen, the time has come, or the time is coming and has now come, that neither in here or in Jerusalem should men ought to worship. Why? Because there's a, on the other side of the cross, there's a change. It's not about a building. It's not about a place. He said, God is searching for people who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. So see, He, he let people know. He let her know there's a change coming. Yeah. He did it with uh, matters of the law. When people asked Him about divorce and what's, what's justification for divorce, He rightly quoted the law. But then He said, now just to let you know, there's change coming. He Now the standard is going to be, he that even looks upon a woman to lust after her yeah. has committed adultery. Right. See, he let, he, he, when he had occasion, when something was going to change because of the cross, as we were coming into the new covenant from the old, he let us know. Well, right here, he's going to have the perfect opportunity to prepare people that the tithing is, that tithing is about to expire. So he's having a conversation with the Pharisees, okay? And uh, they're all religious and all that. Let's listen to what he says. What sorrow awaits you teachers of religious law and you Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are careful to tithe even on the tiniest income from your herb garden. This is how committed they were to tithing. If I had, what's the herb? Cilantro. They went and plucked some cilantro and sold it and got a shekel at the market. They tithed on the shekel from the income brought in from the cilantro. I mean, they were meticulous about it. Amen? But you ignore the more important aspects of the law, like justice and mercy and faith Is tithing everything? No. Jesus didn't Jesus even said so. Right? But then notice what he said. You should tithe. Yes. That was a perfect opportunity for him to say, you guys are so meticulous about your tithing and it's about to not even be a thing. He could have said it. He said it about other things. Instead, he said, you should tithe. Yes. Just don't ignore the other important things about our spiritual lives. Did Jesus say, Judy, that you should tithe? I'm not getting any in your business any further than that. Tony, Tony did Jesus say you should tithe? You get, you get an allowance, Leah. You get some money. I know you work. You earn something. You ever get blessed? You get a birthday card, get $20. Did Jesus say you should tithe? Okay. How about you, man of God? Okay. Hallelujah. Did Jesus say we should tithe? Did he have opportunity to say this is going away and he passed that opportunity up? Uh, he did. He passed that opportunity up. Amen. Tithing is for us today. Tithing's for us today. Amen. And what you do with it is up to you. It's totally up to you. Amen? But I believe, I believe you to be honorable. And that when you see it in the Word, maybe there have been somebody who's legitimately hurt or confused saying they haven't been tithing because someone told them that it's not a thing anymore. Well, I showed you different. And you'll be profoundly blessed if you trust God with this. There will be things that will not happen to you that you don't want to happen to you because your honor for him and the tithe gave him access to your life to do for you what he cannot do for the non-tither. And in these days... I'll take all the insurance I can get. (laughs) You can stand up on your feet today. Praise God. Did you get anything out of it?